0: Wow, what an amazing sermon we just heard, church. Amen. We're going to stand this morning. We're going to sing loudly and proudly and focus in on these words and worship the lover of our souls. Let's sing together. Oh my gosh. I love this song. I don't know it. Oh oh my gosh, you're going to love it. Bring me to the altar. With my hands and bow my knees and take me to the cross. I pray my heart will never be. Ah, oh, this makes me feel so amazing. It's definitely pretty, it's pretty. Weird. Oh, it's beautiful. Bring me to the water. flowing the rapids carry me. Carry me. Salty, salty ocean, ocean waves crash. crash. trickling hits my heart. Sea. Sea. Peace. Your grace is first. wonderful You're to me. me. Drown me in your in grace, God. What does that mean? Uh, Hope my grace, grace is graceful, graceful I. Need to drown, what does it mean to be drowned in grace? To be drowned in grace? Don't think about it, just sing. Grace, the grace that gracefully graces grace me. me. It's just saying grace, it makes no sense. It's like it's it's saying five graces, but so it doesn't mean. No, so it doesn't so need to make sense. Grace. You just sing. Picture of a penny. Yeah, it makes you feel like you're there. On uh-huh. a penny? Mountains, rivers, oceans, sir. Those are all the I'm on a road trip to the promised land. Warriors trust, trust receive my treasure. The better, the better. Never, never can mess like That was my grandma's favorite lyric. Holy Spirit, Spirit Jesus. King James, James Bible, the evangelism. Feed out thine unfair thoughts. Diamond, Ebenezer. I want to be grateful for the grace. Gracefully grace really, graces really, grace me. me. Again, I get the E is literally. It's just, it throws me up every time because it's not supposed to be. Gracefully graces grace grace me. Beef up avocado. avocado. don't want to push you. Bop, 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 do bop, 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 back to that you said avocado in a worship song we'll sing oh okay. to jesus oh I, I would say it a thousand times let's put it all together church yes. we sing amen and amen the holy spirit yes. is in this Woo! place church oh, oh my gosh Yeah, oh, it's literally you. a picture of old mcdonald's i know i love him uh, i love that yeah yeah yo it's the last part of, of that song i love that it's so good Amen. Um, you ever, you ever had life like that? Did life ever end up like that? It's just, just a mess. Didn't seem it was making sense. Um, you know, we sung about that song. Um, you know about the evidence. You know that that it, it was the third song where it talked about how. All that you know, you can see in life. You can see God working in your life. You can see the evidence of God in your life, and the promises, and all these things. I'd say I've been in a place where I didn't think God was even around, and I've been in a place where um, you know I didn't have faith. I didn't have anything. It was God that was holding on to me. I sure wasn't holding on to God. I want to talk to you about something I call. I heard actually a long, long time ago, way, way long time ago. Uh, heard a man preach on first things first. First things first. Now it kind of sounds a little weird. First things first, you know. But you go I went on the internet and looked around. That's always a good place to go, right, to find good Bible things. And uh, you know, and but there's a lot of different sermons, you know, and and stuff. And and they're they have different ideas and different approaches to first things first. And all of them have merit. You know, some of them talk about, uh, you know, faith is one of those first things and, and love and joy and these different things. And that's true. Those are all, you know, those first things that should be in our life. But I, like I said, there was a time I didn't even have faith. I didn't have love for God. It's kind of like, um, you know, when someone says, man, you just got to have love. You just got just gotta to trust, trust the Lord. Yeah, but I don't have trust. But you just got to trust him. It's like saying, um, man, you know, I don't have any money. Oh, you just gotta have money. Yeah, but I don't I don't have a job. So I don't I don't have any money to pay the bills. I can't pay my bills. Hey, just have money. Just have money. Now, you're gonna have a black eye here in a second, everybody. Here. Okay, it just doesn't have it like that. So what happens if you're in that spot where you know what you just don't have your love for God anymore? Man, life has just beat you down, beat you down. Or maybe kind of like the song, you know, you're just kind of going through the motions. You look like Man, you're doing good and you're a Christian, all that, but you know what? Your, your walk with God and your priorities are just all messed up. First things first. So there are there is this idea of first things. First things, okay? That we as Christians ought to think about. Sometimes it's, it's what when I was at my lowest, it's what I had to go back to. To get back the love, the joy, the peace, that fruits of the Spirit. First things first. So not only is there a foundation of first things, but it sounds like your mama would say, you know, first things first. Well, mama, what are we going to do? Put second things first? You know, it's first thing second? Well, it makes sense, mama, you know? Of course, I'm going to do first things first. But you you wouldn't believe how many times that we don't put first things first in our life. How about... uh, Clothes before showers. You ever had that? Is there not a picture of clothes before showers? It's not popping up? All right. There is supposed to be a picture. <laughs> supposed to be a picture of a guy in the shower with his clothes on. All right? Clothes before shower. We can think that's kind of dumb. You know, who would do that? Should I press on? Might as well. The second one was shoes before socks. Shoes before socks. And what there is supposed to be a picture <laughs> of a sock on a shoe on his foot. Now, you know, you might you might say, well, uh, you know, there are there are good reasons to jump on the shower with your clothes on. You know, maybe you got something on there. You got, you know. Wash and shower at the same time, saving water, that's possible. You know, up north, you know, when we were in Connecticut, people actually would put socks over their shoes when they go out in the snow, and they had to traverse from one place to another. Okay, I'll give you that, I'll give you that. But there is one that is not going to be on the screen. <laughs> you know, I got up in the morning... And, and I make coffee. Now, we, we all the time would make the coffee and have the coffee pot, and we would pour the coffee, and we'd find out coffee is very valuable to me and my wife. We're like, man, that's, that's precious. It's like gold, you know, commodity. And so we didn't want to waste it. We would actually make a pot of coffee, and we would drink it for two or three days because we didn't want to pour that sucker out. Man, that's coffee, you know. So we got a Keurig, right, where you put that sucker in there, and one cup at a time. Man, what a genius that was. But you know what? It always helps if you put the cup under there first. And I was doing my routine, and I have a routine I do in the morning and to get my things going, and I was in another part of my routine, and I heard the coffee. I was like, man, that coffee pot sound, you know, that Keurig sound's messed up. Something's wrong. It doesn't sound like it usually sounds. And... Um, when I went around the corner, there was no cup under the Keurig, and that was the third picture. And this, it was just all over the place, all over the place. So, you know what? It seems kind of silly not to put first things first. But you know, as Christians, we do it all the time. The things that should be priority in our life are not the priority in our life. And we kind of get out of whack. And the things that should be first are not first. So there's this foundation of first things. And they have a priority before all things. And Jesus talked a little bit about this when he said here in Matthew chapter number 6, verses 32. Hopefully those will show up. All right, we're doing good. He says, for for after all these things, I'm going to explain this for a second. After all these things the Gentiles seek. Jesus said to his disciples, for your heavenly father knows that you you need all these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Well, the kingdom of God, that's a spiritual kingdom. Paul talks about it, says it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you, he says. Now, this command to seek God first, which it is a command, it's, it's, it's an imperative. It all started in a discourse in verse 24 when Jesus said, you can't have two masters in your life. You can't have two masters in your life because you're going to hold to one more than the other. You can't serve God, and at the, he used riches, mammon, which is the, the, the god of wealth in Syrian." can't have both. You can't have both. It's got to be a priority in your life. And too many times those first things as Christians first are are not first. So God says, you know, there is a priority. You got to seek first. You got to, you got to, you got to, there's a foundation of first things that you need to be looking after. In Revelation chapter two, Jesus said this to one of the churches. He said, nevertheless, he said, I have this against you that you have left your first love You've left your first love. Now, that word first actually has, has two uses. It means first, like first in line, but also means first as in first in priority, first in importance. Now, I'll tell you what, Jesus, when you became a Christian, Jesus was the first one you loved when you became a Christian. He was first. That first new love you had. And also, Jesus should be that first love, that priority love that we should have. So we have to establish what are the first things that must be done before anything else. Now, part of this I want to do is I want to show that these first things, that Jesus did these first things. And if Jesus saw the importance of doing these first things first, then maybe we need to consider ourselves. And say, man, where where is this in my life of priority? So this is a very simple sermon, four little points, okay? We're going to look at, I think, our first things first, the foundational first principles of the Christian walk. The first one is communication. Communication. Any meaningful relationship is going to have some sort of communication. Notice I said the word meaningful. Meaningful. I drove with this other guy at work. We drove three hours. Had to go drop off some some parts at another place and you know, there and back. Three hours, you know, hauling stuff on a trailer, me and this guy. Three hours. We probably talked ten minutes. Barbecue. Hmm. Yeah, good. Uh huh. Been there? No. Mm Another twenty minutes. Turn all right. Thanks. Mm, mm, Just kept going. You know, three hours, ten minutes. All we talked. It was a fantastic trip. I know. I loved it. That's it. It was good. It was good. We had a great conversation, right? But you know, any meaningful relationship's going. You got to have communication. You've got to have communication. You know, the first thing you ever did. If you are a Christian, the first thing you did was communicate to God. That's the first thing you did was call out to the Lord, whether out of your mouth or from your heart. Communication. It all began with that. Communication. That's first things first right there. What's your communication like with the Lord? It says there in Luke chapter six, it says, now it came to pass in those days that he, that's Jesus, went out into the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. Jesus? Oh, I thought he was God. What's he doing talking to the Father? Did he have to really do that? I don't know, but he did. He saw it was a priority. He saw it as necessary. Jesus, the God-man, prayed. He prayed. He communicated with the Father. Are we any better than him? No. Am I I spiritually stronger than Jesus to think, I don't really need to pray to the Lord every day, really, every day? Communication. First things first. In Hebrews chapter number four, it says this. It says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help In time of need, the author states that because Jesus was God's high priest, that he opened the door, or literally, he pulled back that curtain that separated where God dwelt in the temple and where the priest came and did most of his ministry, except once a year he he went behind that curtain. And Jesus tore that curtain away and pulled it to, to give us access to God. Jesus opened communication. From us to God that had never existed before. He created that for you. And the whole not only did he you know, bore, bear our sins on the cross and, and he and now we can you know spend eternity in heaven, but he opened that door of communication that, that you can have with God, that you never had before, that I never had, that no one before that time ever had. And what do we do? Become bold before the throne of grace and Hey, hey, Lord! Uh, wow, this is a nice place, Lord. Wow, ooh. angels and stuff, sparkly. It's pretty good. Hey, I got this prayer request. Can I just leave this here? You can get with that. You don't mind? I'll get back with you later. We I mean, we don't take advantage of that communication that God's created for us, that the Lord's created for us. That's not a priority in our life. I I'll, I think I've told you before. You know, I I used to not get up very early. I had my routine, but my routine in the morning was to make sure I could sleep in. Um, And I didn't read and pray in the morning time because I didn't think it was really priority. And then I had to go to Michael (laughs) unit. (laughs) And I was like, oh, man. And then uh, my priorities changed. And I started getting up early enough to read my Bible and pray before I went to work at Michael because I, I it was bad. And I began to pray, oh, Lord, you know, find me another job, right? And the Lord said, why? Because you just won't get up and read and pray anymore like you used to. You just go back the way you were. The Only reason you're reading praying is because you're scared to death walking that unit. What goes on there? I said, All right, you know, Lord, you're right. I I told Lord, you know Lord, I'm I'm gonna continue to do this. I'm gonna read and pray no matter if you move me to whatever, you know. So so now I get up at three in the morning. Just so I can read and pray before I go to work and be at work by four thirty. I made a promise. God showed me, you know, I had my priorities mixed up. I didn't need reading and praying because I wasn't in a situation to need reading and praying. I was going, I had a good job and this and that, and then God threw me in the pit. And I realized, man, I didn't have first things first. First things first, man. It's got to be a priority, your communication with the Lord. But, you know, you know, communication is a two-way street. It's not just you talking to God, but it's God talking to you. You see that? A good old new King James Bible. Doug gets me on that. Amen. 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 The thou thine thus for. I love that. That was good. How precious is that book? I got about five of these things at the house, right? Communication is a two-way street. Ah, oh, it's easy to get prayed, tell the Lord, all that. How about open this book? spending some time in it. Man, me talking to God, but how about God talking to me? Is that a priority? Is that first thing first for me? Apostle Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, he said this. He said, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge. Man, that, that word knowledge means precise and accurate precise and accurate knowledge through the precise and accurate knowledge of God and of Jesus, our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the precise knowledge, same word of him who called us by glory and virtue. Now, my friend, I know that, you know, I know there's good preachers to listen to. Thank you. And Doug's okay. You know, and you can get books and stuff like that. And that's all right. You know, you can listen to some stuff on the radio and you can do whatever and some songs and you can get blessed by songs. But i tell you, this is the only place you are going to get precise and correct knowledge of God. This is the only place. This is the only place. Is this thing first in your life? Is this a first things first priority foundation for you? Is it read every day? Communication is a two way street. First things first. Bible says faith comes by hearing. Why we need faith. Hearing by the word of God. This is the this is the soul means. Somehow through this word, whether you read it through a Bible or you heard somebody tell you about Jesus, you heard this word to get saved. First things first. Paul says it, it, affects, it effectively works in you. In other words, it has, it has a way that when you allow it it, it, it changes you if you'll let it change you. He told Timothy it's, it's inspired by God. It's profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instructions, and in righteousness that, that a, a Christian may be truly furnished to do all good works. Right here, this book. Communication. First things first. Second is participation. Participation. You know, where we're at now, because I'm in a different part of the same job setting, just not an officer. And so I'm around, which is new, I'm around the... uh, the inmates, a whole bunch of them that I haven't been in the last 10 years because my other job, I was by myself. Now I am in the midst, but it's a different setting. And you know what, I take this as God's divine appointment for me. So I, I got to be examples of a Christian. And uh, matter of fact, they knew I was a Christian before I even got there. I don't know, something, somebody said something, somehow I knew a guy and they knew it before I even got there. So I had this bar, you know, <laughs> that's like, Great. And they always talk about iron sharpens iron, iron sharpens iron, iron sharpens iron. Right from Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen, iron sharpens iron. That's true. But you know what? For iron to sharpen iron, they got to participate with each other. They can't just you know you can't just look at each other. Two pieces of iron. You got to participate. For iron to sharpen iron. You kind of get where I'm going? Maybe? Okay. (laughs) Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. That's right. You got to do life together. You call yourself a Christian, then you got to be around other Christians. You got to participate. You got to participate. You got to participate for iron to sharpen you and you to sharpen somebody else. to participate with God is to get involved where God is at where he's at work now if you don't think God is at new life then fine fine then find a church God's in then and then participate sharpen yourself sharpen somebody else in Matthew 4 uh, Matthew chapter 4 verse 11 It says this, it says, then the devil left him, there's Jesus again, the devil left him and behold, angels came and ministered to him, to Jesus. What? God had created beings that he created, he's God, fully God, he's fully man, but he's fully God too. And he had created beings come down after he went through what he went through, the temptation that the devil came and brought to him. And he allowed beings he created to help him out. Man, how is, that isn't, it just boggles my mind. Now, if Jesus can let some created beings help him, you can let some created beings help you. Acts chapter 2, verse 44 through 47, it says, Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions. Now there's a lot going on here. We can't really dig into all this, what's going on, but this is Pentecost. A lot of people came from all over the known nations of that time and thousands of people got saved. And so more than likely, a lot of these people stayed there. They didn't go back home. They stayed. So they didn't have jobs. They didn't have homes. They didn't have all that stuff. So they began to take care of each other. So to do that, some people had to sell things and all that, and so that they could all eat and, and all this while they're while they're going through this. Five thousand or more people, right? And they sold the possessions and goods and delivered them to among all, and as anyone had need. Man, look at this! And so, continuing, continuingly, daily, continuing daily. I got to get it right. Here, with one accord, in the temple and breaking bread. That's the, that's a sign of fellowship, from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor among the people, and many came to the Lord through that. Can you imagine having church every day? I can't imagine seeing Doug every day. Yeah. (laughs) Touche, brother, touche. But you know what? They did that because they needed that. At that time, they needed that. And what they're going through, the persecution and all that stuff is going on. Man, there was a need to meet every day. Now, I'm not telling you, you got to come to new life or come to wherever your church is every day, but you need to get participate to meet your need. Now, I'm going to give my opinion. You might not want to take this. This is my opinion. Did I tell you this is my opinion and I'm about to tell you? This is my opinion. I don't think you can make it meet your need by participating just once a week. I, I don't think it's good for you. Maybe you can, maybe you can. I don't know. Man, they are meeting every day because they needed it. First things first, man. Participation. Participation. You know, we get so busy doing life and doing what we, kind of the things we want to do, and we kind of forget about what God created this whole thing for, this whole, this whole dynamic, right? It's right here. Right here. You know, the verse that we always pull out, you know, preachers, we always got a few verses. I don't know if my watch stopped or what is that? Is that really 5 to 11? Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't put first things first when I got this sermon again. Yikes. All right. So you know we, we got these little things we pull out of our bag. We got these little verses we always pull out, right? The other one's always forsake not dissembling of yourselves. I'm so sure some of you, are like, I can't stand it with Doug in case he say that forsaking not the assembling of yourselves as the manner of such is, right? It's Hebrews chapter 10, <laughs> verse 25, right? Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. Man, that word exhorting is the same word. It's the it's the verb form of the, of the noun. That's how Greek kind of is. It's got the same word, but it's got a verb form, got a noun form, adjective form. It's the same form as the word that's called the Holy Spirit. When he said, I will send to you another comforter, another counselor, another guide, that's the same word. See, we're spo- we are actually a tool of the Holy Spirit to be to comfort each other, to exhort one another, to encourage one another. That that God made that. He used the same word as he used for the Holy Spirit. Us meeting together, encouraging one another. First things first. First things first. You know, James talks about being a doer of the word, and then he right in a couple of verses right after that, he says, be a doer of the work. He connects those. Doer of the word, doer of the work. Okay? If you think you are a doer of the word, but you're not a doer of the work, then you're really not. Because he he makes those things synonymous. A doer of the word, doer of the work, participate. Participate. That's a priority. First things first. All right, number three. A heart of submission. A heart of submission. You know, uh, submission means to yield to power or authority. It implies respect. It even... Implies love. It, it could be love for those in power. You see? It's simply put, it, it's relinquishing control. The opposite of rebellion, submission. Okay? Jesus says this, or, or, or it says this about Jesus in John chapter 6.38. He says, for I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Jesus submitted to the will of the Father. What's my excuse? He knew the cross was coming. He still submitted to the Father. What's my excuse? A heart of submission. I'm telling you what, if you are away from the Lord and, and you have a hard time, or man, just Christianity, you're just tired of this life and a Christian life and, and doing these things, you know what? I tell you the heart of submission, that is a priority in your life. Yield to the Lord. Yield control. Not my will but yours be done, Lord. That is a priority. That is a first things first. It says in Luke chapter 2 it says that then he again there's Jesus Jesus as a 12-year-old boy went down with them his parents and came to Nazareth and was subject to them that's submitted to one's control He submitted to his imperfect parents Jesus did submitted control to his imperfect parents teenagers did you hear what I just said Jesus submitted Jesus submitted to his imperfect parents. Jesus submitted to his imperfect parents. Okay? What's your excuse? What's your excuse? A heart of submission. I'm telling you, that is a priority. James said this in chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. He said, but he gives more grace, right? God gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God... uh, God resists the proud, okay? That's, that's the idea of, of drawing a battle line and setting up one side of the battle and one another side, these two guys fight. That's what he says, God resists them. God draws a battle line and says, you want to be proud? You want to be proud? Come on, let's go. We're going we're to take it on. When God's going to take you on. You're proud. He's going to KO you. He says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God. There's another There's another command. It's imperative. Submit to God. Resist the devil. Don't try to resist the devil, then think the guy got to resist. I got to quit doing this for us. No, no. You submit to God first. Then you worry about, then you'll have power to fight the devil. Submit to God. Okay? It's possible that some of our troubles are from God resisting us. You know that? Some of the troubles and woes is because you've been fighting God. You've been fighting God heart of submission first things first last is the spirit of obedience spirit of obedience now uh, this kind of goes you can see it's in, in kind of pr- progression you got a communication then participation then you got to submit because that's your that's your heart the, the, the submission of the heart it, uh, uh, parents I don't know if you know this but sometimes your kids obey you but they could couldn't stand you but they're still going to obey they don't agree with you but they're going to obey um, they're probably going to uh, you know, curse your name, but they're going to obey. See, obey, obeying doesn't have to have your heart involved. It just means following the rules, doing what you're told. That's why you need submission before you obey. Because a lot of times we're just walking around, we're just doing what we know we should be doing, but there's no heart in it. And that's not any good. Jesus told the religious leaders, he told them that you're like whitewashed sepulchers, right? These tombs, beautiful on the outside, dead on the inside, okay? And we're just walking around, obeying the rules, but our heart's not in it. Yeah, we come to church, and yeah, I do this, and I show up for a Bible study, but my heart's not in it. I'm just obeying. I haven't even submitted, though. Need to submit. Submit. Priority, first things first, then you know obey. Spirit of, spirit of obedience. Hebrews chapter five, verse eight says this. Though he has a son, Jesus, yet yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Man, I don't understand that. Jesus learned obedience. It's not that like he was disobedient. That's not what it means. But it's like God created humans, so he knew about pain, hunger, and suffering, but he never experienced that until he, as Jesus, came down and went through pain, suffering, and hunger. And then he experienced, he learned that. And the same thing with obedience. So, what's my motive for obedience? What's my motive for obeying the Lord? You know, John chapter 14, verse 15, the Apostle John says uh, said this is what Jesus said. He said, If you love me, keep my commandments, right? That's what Jesus said. If you love me, keep my commandments. Why do you obey? Why do you do what you do? And we sing. Man, this was a great song service. Thank God it was nothing like that one on the video, right? I mean, we understood the words. It was good, man. The Holy Spirit was there. We had a good time. I did anyway. It was pretty cool. But why do you obey? Is it just because everybody else is? Is it because of the mood and the Spirit? My life verse, and I've, I've said this many times, probably more times than I ought to, but I, I have. It's Amos 3.3. 3. Can two walk together unless they be agreed? All right, and the answer is no. No. And i am telling you what, our walk as Christians are, is suffering because we don't have first things first. We don't have our priorities in order. We're, and i not saying that you can't do things outside of church, I'm not saying that. And God's not saying that. but just saying that, and you gotta get back to first things first. You gotta get back to that communication, participation, submission, and obedience. And then, man, if you're just chugging around and it doesn't seem like church has its energy or a Christian life, it's just on what it used to be, man. That's where you need to get. And you get down that foundation of first things. And let God, man, work in you, he says. Those things of the Holy Spirit, those fruits of the Spirit, give you life again. Amen. Let's go, Lord, in prayer. Father, again, we thank you, Lord, so much for your mercy and grace. And, God, I, I just um, I want to ask for your forgiveness, Lord. Many, many times I have gotten out of whack and gotten my priorities mixed up and gotten away from you. And I pray, Lord, just help us, help us his new life, Lord, to put first things first in our life, that we might be a testimony to you in this world and um, that uh, you might be proud of us, Lord, as, as your sons and daughters. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen.